Welcome to the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the nationally recognized preferred provider for asset protection and tax planning in the nation. This show is for investors and business owners looking to save on taxes and build long-term wealth with Toby Mathis, an attorney, author, business owner, and a featured instructor at Anderson's Tax and Asset Protection event held throughout the country. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis with the Anderson Business Advisors podcast. And today we're going to be talking about putting in over $100,000 a year into a retirement plan. If you didn't know you could, you'll learn about the specifics today. I'm going to be joined by Jeff Mason. First off, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Toby. What a pleasure to be here. And Chris Hammond. And Hello, I, Toby. I, How are you? Say that right. Hammond, right? Yes. All right, perfect. So, uh, both of you guys are specialists in this little known area. And I, I say little known because most people don't realize that you actually have retirement plans where you can literally jam them full of a ton of cash on an annual basis. But in your world, you're probably used to just talking to people that know this stuff all day long. Uh, but could you tell people when you guys gets to volunteer as to what type of plan we're talking about? And what it allows you to put away, and I'm going to say tax deferred in an annual amount. Like what, what are the what are the kind of the parameters? So who wants to take that question? So we're talking about cash balance pension plans. And the typical business owners for retirement plans, they're going to put in, um, they're going to have a tax liability, I mean, of $75,000 or more and have maybe have a desired amount to put in about a hundred grand or, or more into the plan. But typically we, we take a holistic approach, holistic tax approach to cash balance plans. And so we're looking at what is their tax liability and what is their cash flow. And so we, we design based on, on, on those needs to start off. And so a cash balance plan is one of the only year after year biggest deductions for the CPA. So it, it can really hit home on a, an annual basis. So the CPA will have a, a a real nice deduction every year that they can um, set up for their client. Yeah. Now, is this something just anybody can do, or do you have to have a business to you where do, you got to? You do have to be a business owner. Um, all business entities um, work. Um, pass-through entities are most favorable. C, you know, um, C works, but uh, C corps work. But, you know, the usually the tax liability is kind of wrapped up and, you know, it's, it's kind of sitting there within there and, and, you know, they might be closer to taking a dividend. So a true pass-throughs, S, sole prop partnerships work the best. All right. And let's break this down a little bit because, uh, like, I know you you are an expert in this area, but I want to do what we call K through 12 it a little bit. Okay. So if I'm a business owner and I'm making good money. And I go to my accountant, my accountant might say, hey, you could do a 401k. Sometimes they're saying people can do an IRA. You got this Roth IRA and all these, you know, these things. This is not that. This is something where we're, where we're, you're reverse engineering it, right? You're, you're actually determining an amount that's going to be available upon retirement. And it means that I can, if I'm a high income person, in order for me to continue to receive, let's say I'm making $150,000, $200,000 a year, in order for me to continue receiving that when I retire, I'm going to need to have a pot of money put aside, right? That's exactly right. And if you work it backwards from retirement, that's really how we get down to the nuts and bolts of what's under the hood. A lot of the stuff that people, their eyes glaze over when we start talking about it, so perfectly understandable. But 
that's the difference. Uh, in the 401k plan, you're just putting in contributions and what can the market do for me? Mm-hmm. In defined benefit cash balance plan, it's you really want to establish a nest egg at retirement to fund, you know, to fund you an income for the rest of your life, basically. Our designs combine the two, particularly when there are employees involved mm-hmm. for a number of reasons that you know we'd have to dive into to, to explain. But uh, yeah, and it's, you know, like Jeff said, it's typically for small business owners that are highly profitable and consistent year to year, any type of business. Um, but we're also talking about high income earners, professional practice, doctors, lawyers, dentists, chiropractors, anyone who, you know, you're looking at their tax return, you're going, boy, we have quite a bit of tax exposure here. And, and like Jeff said, on the low end, you know, 75,000 of tax exposure to six figures. But we have a lot of clients that are putting in per owner, 200, 300, 400, $500,000 a year. And it really just depends on where they are at relative to that retirement age. What's their remaining time to that? And then also what level of compensation are they taking per year? All those factors determine how much they can put in. What's interesting is, is that right now, if you were sitting, Toby, at that retirement age, Mm -hmm. you could have a nest egg up to $3,150,000 at the maximum and take that out if you were at retirement age right now. Um, Jeff will talk about this a little bit, but limits are going up extraordinarily high after 2021 due to COVID and due to inflation this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to expand, that's going to expand that ceiling quite a bit as well. That means that you could put $3 million, excuse me, $3 million in this plan. What if you only have seven, eight years till retirement? Then then it becomes more difficult because you're looking at the budget, that time horizon in which you can budget how much you can put in. It is is dependent also on the number of years you're in the plan. And again, what your average compensation level is. So really high income earners, it's not that difficult. Uh, if you have a moderate level of income, then you know, then we're talking seventy-five thousand to six figures. What's what's moderate in in your guys' book? Uh, one hundred and fifty thousand. If somebody's making you know one hundred fifty thousand W two, pretty moderate. We have a lot of clients, doctors and such that are you know in the three hundred to nine hundred thousand a year. We have small business owners that are netting more than a million a year. But it it all comes down to the numbers, and the longer your time horizon, the more you can put away. But Toby, that's also the difference between this type of pension plan and a 401k in that it's actuarially determined. So the closer you are to that retirement age, the more you can put in on an annual basis. Yeah. So you, so you could end up putting in, in theory, am I, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, but couldn't you be putting in three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year tax deferred? Again, it depends on the circumstances and the more time you have left, there, there's kind of a, an equilibrium point, but the more time you have left, uh, the more easily that's attainable because also you run up against um, what's called the 415 limit that the IRS limits how much you can take out. Yeah. And so, you know, you can't get in in the last year and say, I'm going to dump in 500,000. You might only be able to pull half of that out without being taxed, you know, excessively by the IRS. So, well, what's the annual amount that you can, when, when you're, I know what the actuarial stuff is. It just means the people that are licensed with the IRS, right. To do these assumptions. Yep. Absolutely. Are you guys actuaries? Is that is we own, we own the actuarial firms and we have actuaries that work for us. So, what's the maximum amount right now that I could pull out of a plan on an annual basis? So, when I design this thing, what is my income stream when I retire? What's that most amount? Yeah. So, the current limits are you can pull out each year. You can pull out up to two hundred and forty-five thousand is your annual benefit that you can pull out. 
that's a big chunk of money that you yeah, sort of, and they have to have a big nest egg. This is not a 401k where I'm putting in $20,000 a year or, you know, Hey, maybe on the high end, I'm getting in there 60, 62,000. Maybe I'm getting to make up. I'm getting 68, five or something. I'm putting like, I would have to have a very large amount sitting in that plan to pay that type of benefit. Wouldn't I? For the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wow. And the exciting news is that we're forecasted from our, from our actuarial society there, you know, there are and the know of what, the next year's cost of living um, adjustments are for benefits. They're saying it's going to move all the way up to two hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year, so that you can be and, pulling out of your retirement plans. I just again, I, I like to repeat things over and over again. Yeah, you put these plans together, and you, we're defining really the the benefit of it. So when you're defining the contribution, it's called a defined contribution plan. Like a four hundred one k, I can you know you can put in yep. X number of dollars a year. It's capped, right? If, yep young people, it might be 62,000. On these plans, there really isn't a cap on the annual amount. It's more on the benefit that you can receive. So we're defining the benefit. Is that an accurate statement? Correct. Yeah. yeah there's, there's one little caveat. So there, there, there is a, a limit within the year, but we can, we can move past that as long as we're not going to eclipse what, what Chris was talking about that the IRS 415 limit. So we can move ahead. I like to use a, a couple analogies when explaining when you're actually setting up a benefit for, you know, the, like the business owner or any participant in the plan, think of this as a, as a savings account. And like you said, we're defining that amount that we're putting in. So go to the bank, open a savings account and you say, well, well how much do I want to save? Let's say it's a million dollars. Well, how long do I have to save that million dollars? Let's say it's 10 years. So each year, theoretically, we're going to put in $100,000 each year for the next 10 years to hit our goal. And the way the IRS um, makes us administer these plans, it's uh, you have to put a little interest in there. So we're going to accrue, let's say we're going to pay ourselves 3% interest while we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that we design our cash balance plans are, are where if the business owner is doing really well and they have a, a you know a larger tax liability than let's say the $100,000, maybe we'll, we push them ahead and put in 300000 So now we're ahead and and they're ahead of their, their savings goal. Let's say now that we're having a bad year, we're having a down year, we're, we're stuck with an administration that doesn't want to do anything, and we don't have $100,000. So maybe we only put in fifty. So we're a little bit behind, but we can we still have time to catch up. So you and have so, some flexibility in that. Like these yeah, are- so I, 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 hedge, I hedge the bet on both sides um, when, we're, when, we're, um, when we're, we're designing this. So I'm always going to protect the business owner I'm going to say, okay, what does a, a, a stable year look like for you? And, you know, does it been repeated over a number of years? Let's design the formula where the minimum is going to be as low as we possibly can get it to, to achieve our goal. But we have on the, the maximum deductibility the IRS will allow. Now we have some room to play if, if we have a, a, a really big year. That sounds really, really powerful. And so to make it more concrete for folks, because we can talk all the theory all day long but do you have any examples of people that you've done plans for just to give us an idea of the numbers and what it looks like certainly first one i I did that i called up and and so i've between our two companies we've designed you know well over 1800 cash balance plans and we currently administer um, right around 300 plans and so i've kind of you know, been in the business for 20 years, kind of seen it and 
seen all kinds of different scenarios, but I had one that they uh, kind of really knocked it out of the park. And, and so it was a group of IT guys. So it was three business owners and they were all um, doing really well. They were paying themselves, you know, 350,000 a piece and they had K1s of six or 700,000 a piece. So they're making a million bucks a year each. Oh yeah, well over a million dollars. So they're they're doing really well, and they have a staff of, of five, and um, only one was an HCE, so he's making you know one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Of after I was done with all the benefit design, the business owners ended up getting ninety six percent of the benefit. See, this is a just. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I, I don't know the amount that we put in yet, but. A lot of folks stop and they don't even look at defined benefit plans because if they have employees, they're under the mistaken belief that they're going to have to give all this money to their employees. Mm-hmm. When, actual, when, when in all actuality, there are a bit, you have the ability to design benefits, just like you said, Jeff, 96% go into the owners, which is, yeah, you're giving money to your employees. Yep. Not a bad thing. Which yeah. is a tax deduction. Yeah, tax deduction, and it's benefiting them. And you're going right. to, you know, nowadays you, you better be thinking about how to retain them. Yep. But the vast majority of the benefits going right to the top, if if if, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. that's and that passes the discrimination test too, right? Yes. Yep. Everything we do, and when we do initial designs, we we actually test the design. So even if we get a case a proposal, sometimes I don't have a, a they don't give me a, a goal in mind, right? So mm-hmm. I, I take a look at the information that I'm provided. And I put, I kind of take a shot in the dark. I take my, you know, 20 plus years of experience designing these mm-hmm. and I start and I, right when I, we get on the phone with the, the client and they start to present this, I say, these are, this is just numbers on a page, but the numbers on this page just happen to be tested and they pass. And yep. so we can work backwards or forward. So of that, of that 96%, okay. um, 867,000 went to the business owners. And then another thirty-five thousand only went to the, the employees. So you had an annual deduction. Just it sounds like you had an annual deduction of about nine hundred thousand dollars. Nine hundred one seven seven four. And annual basis, you could put nine close to a million dollars a year away, tax deferred. So the tax write-off on that, I I don't know what state they were in, but you're looking at federal tax at least of thirty-seven percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, is that the Fed? Fed alone, this this plan sold in 2021. They just on the Fed at 37. percent um, They save like 310,000. And most business owners are like, "Well, I'm deferring this, so I still have to pay for it." What I tell them is, "Are you gonna when you write that 300,000 dollars check that would go to IRS? What is your rate of return on that? It's zero. You never get anything back from the IRS. At least in this case, when you put in the 900,000." Yeah. 96% is in your account and in your name. Yep. And what do you do with that money? What, what, what usually happens to it? Does it get managed? Do you, do you go out and buy gold with it? What, what, what do you do with it? Yeah, it is, it is it's typically um, managed because if we go back to our savings account analogy, because we are looking to achieve goals, we are going to, it is going to be in, in very conservative investments because we know what the goal is and what we want to hit the rate of return is in the deduction. And so we already have a built-in, you know, 25, 30% already built in. We don't have to chase the market. So I always tell clients and the CPA, this is your safe bucket. This is the bucket of money that you're building 
your nest day because we're all business owners on on this on this call right now. The happiest day was when we started the business. Hopefully, the happiest day is when we sell our business. But that part isn't guaranteed. Yeah. So you have to build something for the blood, sweat, and tears that we put into our business. And so, so you have this the ultimate catch-up plan to do so. Yeah. So you have this big pot of money. You'll take it out. You know, be taxable when you take it out when you retire, but you're taking it out over a period of years and hopefully you're a much lower tax bracket, right? You're taking out, let's say you're getting, do you remember how much they were getting as a benefit when they retired on that plan that you just, that you just went over? Um, so two of the owners were in their, um, their late forties. So they were, they were, um, they were going to achieve the 3.1 million. Um, if they, if they stay on, on this track, um, and then there's the third owner. Well, he was uh, 58. And he was he was going to hit like 2.8, 2. You know, right around 2.8, 2.7 million. So when you take it out, then that that means they're probably getting right around 200, 200, somewhere between 200 and 250 thousand a year. Well, yeah. let me let me say it this way, Toby. This is what's fascinating about these types of plans, and you know, this is all under the traditional defined benefit umbrella but it's a cash balance plan. And so when you're looking at it, it's as if you're looking at a 401k account, right? Yeah. And so, you know, while there is a built-in annuity and an, an annuity option, when someone terminates employment and takes their payout, or if one of the owners decides to sell and go off and do something else, or if they all make it to the exit at the end and retire, you know, 99.99% of all distributions are lump sums. And they get to decide what to do with it. You know, in the most cases, they're going to roll it over into an IRA. Yeah. You know, we're going to work with partners like you and other tax partners that we have to do a te- effective tax planning to get them into the lower marginal rates on the back end with a distribution strategy. I'm just, but, but yeah, I mean, in in the end, you yeah, you're looking at you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in a um, equivalent annuity, if you if you will. But the good thing is, you don't have to do an annuity, and most people don't but you have the control of the money and your advisors. And so. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it, like we, we, we all remember the old days and we heard our grandparents talk about getting absolutely. a, pension. Get a monthly that. pension check. They yeah. Got a pen, yeah. And this is a little different in that we're actually putting a funded amount, but if you want to go get an annuity, you certainly can. If you want to go right. roll it into your 401k and buy real estate, you can, if you want to roll it into your 401k and trade stocks, you can, if you want to do a combination, you can, yeah. but I'm looking at it. Tax-wise, let's say with like the gentleman that you're talking about, uh, Jeff, the, the example of those three business owners, and they they just deducted a million bucks out of the the top bracket. And if they just paid themselves out, it was two hundred thousand dollars a year for the rest of their lives. They're in the twenty four percent tax bracket, so they they save thirteen percent no matter what, like yeah. just off the top, just off the top without any planning. Yep, with, without doing anything else. Like if, if hey, I'm going to have to pay tax on it in the future, but if, just by spreading it out, it's like an installment sale in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Like that stuff. Um, yeah. Go ahead, and then, and then we do you know with within that we do some advanced strategies in there. So part of the investment portfolio could be insurance, life insurance. So now we're two thirds of the way to Roth within the account. So this is another yeah. cash balance pension plans are the only way that you can fund life insurance and a pre-tax. So you're getting pre-tax savings on the or the contributions that you're putting into um, into the life insurance. And then there's an arbitrage to get that out. So that's I think that's more of an advanced topic, but it's definitely a, a nice teaser for everyone. That's wild. If you pass away, who gets the ta- the benefit of the the life insurance under those? The, the named well, so you'll you'll name 
you'll name the retirement plan. The retirement plan is the beneficiary. And then the beneficiary of the participant will, will actually get the proceeds. So, so you, you actually have a built-in completion plan. That's just, that's an ancillary benefit of this aside from the tax design. That's but, pretty wild. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just, you just threw the monkey wrench. As soon as you go, as soon as you start talking about insurance and the plans, I know it's in, you better, you better know your stuff, but I'm always like, huh? It's nice. That's the only way we're going to, other than that, in corporate owned life insurance, there's no other way to, to, so that you don't have to pay tax when you're buying the insurance. And even under a Coley or the corporate owned, the the company has to. Do you have another example too? Because I, again, I think that people resonate when they hear, hey, here's somebody like me. Here's what they did. I want to do what they did. Right. I, I like the three owners. What what what's another one that you might yeah, have? So I actually picked an, another one that's a he's a, a sales guy, and I was like, at first I was going to pick a doctor because everyone knows doctors, but I think it resonates more sometimes with with when you got a, a salesperson that generates revenue in, in in different ways, and and sometimes doctors we all know doctors can be a little bit harder to to work with in some guy, but they are definitely ideal candidates because they always have tax liabilities. We have a lot of doctors that listen to this, by the way. So don't okay. No, I, I, we love them and we have a lot of, lot of doctor clients as well. Yeah. Now they're, that's, those are slam dunks because you're looking at it going, Hey, I'm getting killed in taxes. I'm making $750,000 a year help. And you're like, yep. here's a solution. They'll, they'll usually take this about anything. And, and we definitely have a lot of experience with the complexities of doctor groups where, you know, like we have an anesthesiologist group that has 40 owners and they're in a partnership. And so we, we, you know, everyone, yeah. And so we were able to have the the individual doctors that wanted to do the cash balance plan. They had, they only had four rank and file people. So we didn't really have to worry about testing in that regard. I mean, we had to, we had to give them a benefit, but it wasn't a, a, a huge hurdle. And so we actually had the individual doctor set up an LLC as an S corp. Mm-hmm. The partnership, you know, they—they they, that's where they. I was going to say, and they didn't have to argue with their partners. Yeah, you almost never have the doctors owning it just as individual sole proprietors because that's insanity. You're getting killed with the self-employment tax. It okay. never goes away. It just keeps hitting you. It phases out on part of it. The old yeah. age, and and they're and they and they act as eat eat, eat what you kill. So. It's it's hard for them to understand that. So that that so we understand some. We can uh, have some understanding that of, uh, if you have multiple part partners, we we may be able to figure that out for you. And we can we can. But let's do this example. So you have the the salesperson. The sales yeah. So I, I picked the salesperson, and he he's uh he's young. So most people that actually have heard of you know defined benefit plans or cash balance plans uh, usually think, oh, I can't even start this until I'm fifty. And and that kind of used to be the the way it, the, the, that it was. Um, and then about seven or eight years ago, um, Chris and I and our actuary we figured out a, a new a new way to design and the way attack it attack uh, how we design our plans. And now we're putting in cash balance plans for thirty five year olds, and mm-hmm. it's working. It's not With obviously six not as, contributions. So, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's not as huge as the 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 previous Do the example, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so the example is um, the salesperson. He's 42. His wife is 36. Um, so we put in for him, we put in $260,000 <laughs> and $190,000 for his wife. He's making 225. So we kind of, we work with the CPA and worked out that sweet spot. 
um, for payroll. So we could, you know, keep the pay tech. We didn't have to, we didn't want to go all the way to the the limits because we were trying to, he was trying to get the QBI and some, you know, other. Um, is is he putting in a hundred percent of his take-home pay then? He's putting in more than a hundred percent of his take-home pay. Yeah. Is the company making the contribution or is he deferring his own compensation? So is like, is he getting a paycheck? And yes. Putting this in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so he, he had a really big year. Um, so in his design, he had a, a, a tremendous year. And so he, he kind of hit his uh, once every seven year anomaly where mm-hmm. he, he had, you know, uh, uh, a year that was just monstrous for him. So we set up this, this design where in this first year between the cash balance plan and the 401k, he was able to put in a total of $489,000. I just want people to let that sink in for a second. He he made salary. He made salary of around two hundred grand. Mm, two twenty five. And what did his wife make as a salary? A hundred. So three hundred twenty five thousand dollars total salary they took, but they put in how much? Four eighty nine. Four hundred eighty nine thousand. Almost five hundred thousand. Yep. That's- and the good part about that is that that's not an annual commitment. That in that case, it was just an upfront. And the annual will be lower, but it it all depends on again the level of and consistency of profitability year to year of the owner or owners mm-hmm. and their tax exposure and their cash flow. We you basically take all those elements and we figure out, like Jeff said, where that sweet spot is, and we work with the CPAs to determine that. Yep. So his plan for next year is to put in right around two two twenty five to two fifty. That's so incredible, guys. Like you just, can have a chiropractor that's perfectly happy just putting in a hundred thousand dollars every year. Yeah. Or, you know, a hundred thousand every year is the budget. But like Jeff said, in this case, this guy had a big windfall or a big year. So you can like, put in more. Damn it, I'm and gonna if you have a year it. where cash flow is struggling, you can put in less. We have a we have a field goal window basically. Yes. A lot so, of variables that we can lever can widen or shrink that that field goal range. So that's the thing about these plans, Toby, is incredible amount of latitude up front during the life cycle and on the back end. Yeah, I'm looking at it going, if I get above six, if I'm married and I get above $628,000, I'm getting hammered. I mean, I'm already getting hammered even above right. $400,000. you are in 35%. You get over $628,000, you are 37%. I mean, those are, that. that's actually, I'm doing 2021 taxes right and now. And that's just federal tax. Yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a little bit higher for this year. But yeah, you got it. It's just federal. So anything I can do to get out of those. What you're saying is that you had somebody that was, there were definitely all that money would have been at 37% plus state. Yeah. Yep. And we just deferred the whole chunk of it and yep. kept those people at an aggregate tax bracket of probably somewhere around 20%. Yep. Wow. Yep, what's yep. a what's a typical, like if somebody's listening to this and they go, boy, that sounds neat, but it probably doesn't apply to me. What's your typical discussion with somebody is like here's my here's who should be paying attention to this if you had a spiel who would it be who would, who would you be reaching out to yeah it's, it's like chris said earlier any professional um, or any business owner that is making consistent profit each year or has a large tax liability and usually what, what level like what are you really looking for are you saying hey somebody who's making 200 grand a year 300 grand a year, 500. I would say this on the, on the low end of our range. If you have someone that's already in a 401k plan, they're doing profit sharing, they're maxing out, you know, into the low sixties is the current limits for total. 
Mm-hmm. And that's as much as they can do. But you ask them, has that eliminated your tax exposure? Or do you still have significant exposure? Mm-hmm. So somebody needs to say at least double their 401k. That would be the bottom rung of our range. There you okay? go. Somebody that wants to double their 401k amount. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you know, it depends on where you're at in your life cycle and in your career. But you know, if you want to do five times that amount, 10 times that amount, you can. Mm-hmm. But you could at least consistently, like your chiropractor, yep. $100,000 a year. Hey, $100,000 a year. I have a career. I'm going to be working for 20 years. I want to make sure that I have a big chunk of cash sitting there that I can use when I retire. That's right. I don't we know. Have a wide range of clients, you know, all across that spectrum. You know, our sweet spot, Toby, our average is probably an owner that's putting in between 150 and 250,000 a year in total. It's average. But, you know, it also is year to year consulting on our part. Mm-hmm. Jeff and I have a doctor. Well, he's a chiropractor, actually. We have a chiropractor right now. His comp was around 117,000 and he was putting in 150,000 for this year, 170,000, something like that. And I talked to him because he was telling me about his business plans. And I said, well, you know, we've got these limit increases going up. You you want to sock away a lot more, don't you? And he said, yes. He goes, actually, I want to put in 270 this year. And I go, it's done. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And we can make it to where if you have the cash flow and if you really have that kind of tax liability, we can increase your comp to these comp limits that are going up, 305000 for two uh, for 2022. Wow. We can increase, we can widen this, this field goal range so you can put in much more if you want to. And so he did. He just called his payroll company yesterday. He adjusted to 305 for this year. And we hear it's going up to 335 next year. So what that means on an annual basis, that back end annuity you're talking about, it's just going to keep getting much larger. And, and I think what I really liked is you you have an option. Like you can go up and down. That's right. When do you have to make that final decision? Are you able to still be doing this analysis for 2021, for example? We're pretty much done with 2021 because the funding deadline is coming up in two weeks. Funding, funding deadline is 9-15 for yep. uh, 9-15. So the other nice part is, is uh, so so really, you know, it, it's going to be pretty hard to set up unless it's like a one-man operation owner-only type thing. You might be able to get a TDA account set up in 15 days, but then you still got to write a check and get it, you know, in and all that. So you set this up after the year end. Yes. So so if somebody is sitting there and they're watching this video and we are in September, when this comes out, it'll probably be mid-September. So they're going, oh man, I missed 2021. And I just don't know if I want to do anything in 2022. And they're listening to it at the end of 2022 or early 2023. They could still do something for 2022. Absolutely. Even after the year end. Yeah. I, I love, I love that type of. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. So if you're a normal, you know, pass through an entity, uh, well, all, 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 I guess every entity, you have all the way till nine fifteen the following year. So not wild. obviously we don't, you know, we, we're going to have to put stoppers. If you have employees, we're going to have to, we need more time because there's, you know, IRS and DOL rules that we have to follow to, to get things set up. So you really want to have it for 2022 in place before the end of the year, but you can fund it all the way up until September of the following year. That's, that's right. That's, and, and that's definitely the best way to, to do it. And we it. can design it after the year end, but yeah, you, anyone who's going to listen to this, you know, after mid-September, they should be looking at, okay, what was my tax bill this year? Yep. Right. And they go, good God. And you, you simply ask them, do you want to write that check again next year? Yep. Or do you want to fund or do you want to pay yourself? It's hitting the burner. It's putting your hand on a burner. You only That's do it right. once. 
Did you like that? No. <laughs> okay, then let's see. Here's here's our solution. So we could do this. Um, yeah, I, a couple questions for you guys just to give the pointed side because there's some people that are going to be like, "There's no way." I heard my accountant look at this and no way. The reason they're hearing no way uh, could be because what they don't make enough money. They don't have a history of making consistent annual W-2 or is it too many employees? Is it they're too young? What What are the reasons why somebody's being told by their accountant that a defined benefit isn't something they should look at? The number one reason would be misunderstanding lack of education. Yep. Yes, you're correct. There are circumstances where it may not make sense. First and foremost, as Jeff and I always articulate, is if the profitability is inconsistent, because while we have latitude every year into what you can fund, I, okay, so we use the savings account analogy. We also use the credit card analogy. You're creating these benefits each year. And then based on your cash flow and tax liability, you have a range, like your minimum payment to the credit card or paying it off, or you want a credit on your card, right? You have a range in which you can actually fund. But if we design this and the situation up front looks ideal, but then the next year or the year after that, they're only able to fund the minimum each year, which is what's required by law. And so that's fine. But now you know that it's too rich for them. And so again, though, what's great about these things is Jeff and I have the ability to modify these plans as we go. We don't make changes year to year. We can't do that. But when we find somebody either, eh, it's too rich for me, I can't fund, I don't have the cash flow to support it, or they get to a point where, hey, I need to sock a lot more away. We can redesign and enhance that benefit, enrich that benefit. So much latitude. So I'm thinking there's got to be a minimum period of time that you want to run this. Like you don't want to just set this up and do it for one year, obviously. You don't want to do that because that would open the red flags to the IRS. Honestly, though, if you're a 58-year-old doctor and you haven't started putting anything away from retirement and you're going to retire at 62, that's not a problem. You know, it is a retirement plan. So we like to say seven to 10 years is our typical window target. And you can certainly go longer. You can certainly go shorter, but that's the typical window. But yeah, uh-huh. if you open it up and dump in a contribution for a year or two and then shut it down, that no. could raise flags. It doesn't necessarily mean you're in trouble. just means it could raise flags. IRS is a little, uh, they don't have enough personnel right now in the exempt organizations, right. but they're going to supposedly get all these new agents. Maybe they start looking at them. I, I have no idea. Nobody has a crystal ball, but right. as of right now, they don't really look at these. I think you have to bang them over the head to get them to really look at a plan. And yeah. certainly if business circumstances change, you know, unfavorably, the business has to shut down. That happened to several of our clients during COVID. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate reason. You know, we've only had the plan for a year or two and you have to shut it down. That's a legitimate reason. So yeah. I got shut down. That's a pretty mm-hmm. obvious one. Hey, uh, what about this? Uh, so uh, I, I'll, I'll think of one client. The wife is a surgeon. She makes really good money. The husband does a side job. He's running his own thing mostly uh, involving real estate, making $7,500,000 a year. Is that somebody where you might look at it and go, you're making good money, but one spouse is just killing it. Can, can, can we use that as part of the calculation at all? Or is it something where you would just look at the husband and see if maybe we could keep from piling on? Assuming that the, the wife in this case was making close to three quarters of a million dollars a year. And the last thing he wanted to do was pile on more, more income. Is that somebody that you may look at or no? again, it comes down to their tax exposure. So we can basically, Jeff takes each case individually Mm -hmm. and tailors it to that situation. What are their incomes? 
What is their cash flow like? What are they paying in taxes each year? And what is their objective? And when we mesh all that together, we come up with a unique solution on a case-by-case basis. There's no cookie cutter. Yeah, We have our ideal model, but it's very, a lot of latitude. Yep. And I think our um, advisors works and the way we work are, are in sync in that regard where we're, even even though you're a much larger firm in, in, in that regard, we both think of our clients in a boutique type setting where we're going to, we're going to put that, that extra little touch that you won't get with a, like a cookie cutter operation. Facts. So that's why we take each one and have her take all their variables in there. And that's how I design. Right. Well, Jeff, Jeff and I, Jeff and I run this completely solution driven, mm-hmm. you know, we're in, we're in the retirement plan industry, the TPA administry, we're doing administration, keeping everybody in compliance, doing all the filings, but that's, you know, that's 98% of the firms out there. What we do above and beyond that is we work with the tax planning. Yeah. We look at the distribution strategy on the back end. What is the ultimate target? Where is your business right now? And what do we need to do adjust to adjust as we go along the way? And that's what we're here for. Now, we're consultants, solution driven. What if somebody's sitting out there and we have a lot of financial planners and other folks that listen to this podcast and, and watch our videos. What about that individual that's going, boy, this sounds great, but I just know if I send somebody over to that, Chris and Jeff, they're going to send it. They're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to want to manage that money or they're going to want to sell them a product. What do you guys, do you guys do any of that? Do you guys actually manage money or do you work with the financial planners and say, Hey, I'll you, well, you send your folks over. Don't worry. We're not, that. that's not what we're doing. So we, we are, we do have our toes in the water uh, in some of those areas, mm-hmm. but we, the retirement world is a very small world. And if you do something like that, you steal someone's client or, you know, take advantage in that regard, everyone's going to know. And so we believe strongly in, in what we call a co-opetition. And mm-hmm. so there's plenty in the pie to, to work together. And so there might be a scenario where, you know, we're, we might want to institute some life insurance in there. I'm, I'm licensed in life insurance. So is Chris. So if we're going to help design it, of course, you know, we maybe we want to take a small piece of that pie, but we're not going to go, hey, we're going to go sell them an IUL and, and, and do all that. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Same thing on the investment side. Chris is licensed on investment, but we, we're not interested in, in chasing the investment. We're just, we want to provide a solution. And if you, you trust us enough to send us your client, we actually want you to send us more than one client. So why would we? take advantage in that. And we partner with those people at the same time. I was going to say that uh, that was a trick question. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they're in another business, but they're talking about this. Yes. Let's talk about cash balance. And then they have some, you know, somebody that they know that knows somebody. (laughs) What they're really trying to do is get your money under management. Right. And And they're, oh yeah, we'll do this too. Right. But it sounds like your guys's business really is focusing in on crunch the numbers and doing the actually administering the plan and, 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 and keep it in compliance. Exactly. So, it comes up with, with what is the best solution for that client. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can offer, we can offer what we have on our platform. But again, like Jeff said, we work together with all that client's advisors. Yep. We're just trying to show them our, our first and foremost target is how can we leverage this as, you know, the accumulation for retirement, while getting the best tax deduction that's optimally suited for that client. Love it. Love it. All right. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, gosh, this might be right. Who do they reach out to? What does it cost? It, or, you know, if, if there is a cost, if they, it, it, who could they reach out to and say, 
hey, will you look at my company? Will you look at my situation and see if this is appropriate for me? So um, I, I guess we're going. I'm going to give my contact information to start out, and then um, maybe at some point we we'll, we'll build a portal of, of some sort. Keep but it's simple. Let, yeah, let me yeah, email you. My email is jmason at redwoodrs.com, and phone number is 815-516-0560. Perfect. That's all we need. So that's perfect. We'll post that information too. And we want people to be able to get out and get the calculation. We actually have three rules here, just so you guys know. I'll see if you guys agree with them. Because anything that's financially, anything that's tax or financial related, we have just three. It's really simple. Calculate. And second rule is calculate. And that third rule is calculate. You got to crunch your numbers and see if it actually makes sense for you. And so we like that. Exactly. It's a, we agreed. Yep. It's, it's, it's three difficult rules, but uh, for, nobody wants to abide by them. So actually get those pencils out or computers nowadays and crunch the numbers and see if it makes sense for you. So they can reach out to you. Is there a cost for that to, to do it, to, to talk to them uh, just so we're up front? So, yeah. So for initial consulting and even to put together design, you know, I'll request other information just like your CPA would do, uh, do tax planning. There's no cost up front. Um, to do, you know, maybe, you know, one or two designs, if it gets, you know, a little out of hand and like, I want to do, you know, X, Y, Z, and, and it starts ending up like, I want to do 30 different scenarios. And it's like, Hey, I, I'm going to charge you some, some, some Keep time. Reason reason time, time. Yeah. So it, to, to, to discuss it. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's, there's no cost um, as of now. It's consulting to the, I can leave, you can open up so many doors by just, no reason, what's no, going reason, on. no reason for him not to. And that's really nice you have to do that. I, mean, I still remember the days where everybody wanted a big old retainer to start doing it. And they almost tr- treated people like they were a nuisance. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. we just want to, we just want to see what that client's picture looks like and mm-hmm. show them if we can help them or not. Yeah. Easy peasy guys. Thank you both to, to Chris and Jeff for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing this. It's powerful information. Again, I'll post Jeff and uh, uh, Chris will ignore you on the posting of the information. We'll make everybody go through Jeff. I know you guys okay. <laughs> work together, but we'll post Jeff's information so you guys can reach straight out. Uh, let them know that you heard it on the podcast so that uh, they come back and continue to share information with us. We love it. And uh, just thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.